You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller. Wang Wangs. Anthony Gallegos is here. Yep. And joining us for the first time in a long time is Tina Palacios. I don't think I've ever joined you guys. Okay, so I, I remember you've been on Knocking Boots. Yes. But uh, this is actually your first Gamescoop appearance. Well, then welcome to our legitimate podcast. So we don't talk about sex on this one. We can totally talk about sex okay. if, that, if, if that's sex. what people want to talk about. No. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk Everybody about all the good see. things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> What's that line in there? Why She's like, hey, how many men you know make love? I don't remember. That like, there's like yeah, a there's talking like, part they, they in, talk there, in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Why the, why the powder face? Because he's it? Anthony. This is what he does. That's true. Really? I, Nothing to say for yourself? I, 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 don't, I'm not, I don't know the words to that song. That's fine. Really? Well, do you want to just get to the news? Then? Mm-hmm. Just get right down to business? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are the scoops this week, Hatfield? Well, the, the, the biggest scoop this week is uh, happening right right down the street from us at uh, Double Fine's offices. Probably. Oh, the, yeah. the, the millionaire offices yeah. of Double Fine Incorporated. Who knew? All this time, <laughs> they could have been making uh, any game they wanted to. All they had to do was <laughs> just ask people to give them money. Double Fine uh, are the makers of games such as Brutal Legend, Stacking, costume, uh, quest. costume quest, and trenched, whatever that the new the new well, name of that is. Psychonauts wasn't technically made by Double Fine. Double Fine mm. came after that, but yeah, still Tim Schafer's development company. Um, they just put out a happy action theater Correct. right for Connect mm-hmm. downloadable Connect game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they their 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 pedigree, Tim Schafer's pedigree, and his good friend Ron Gilbert is uh, old school adventure games, point and click adventures. Most famously, Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Full Throttle. They wanted Full to make good. another one, but that's a hard sell with publishers these days. The I kids think- want the modern warfare and the shooters. Get out of here, Schaefer. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. That's what I imagine. That was John, that like- was John Richitello from EA. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they decided, you know, well, we want to make a point-and-click adventure game, but we need the money for it. So they started a kick- Kickstarter campaign. What, what, this went up on what Wednesday. Yeah, just like. And they yeah. asked for four hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and then in a month they wanted four hundred thousand dollars in a month, and they tripled that in a day. Yeah, they said they have over a million dollars now. Yeah, so they're going to make their point-and-click adventure game. That's awesome. Yeah, so I think it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's totally cool. I want to know how this this conversation started at. At Double Fine. So the way I got the impression that it started... You talked to Tim Shaver. Yeah. yeah. Was He's that, your uh, homeboy. Was that uh, it started as in originally like these two-player production guys came to them. And we're like... We what want does that mean? Two-player production is a video company. Oh, okay. And they were like, we want to make... What? We do we know do they, they, they make a lot of video, video, video game stuff. If you stuff. ever caught the Uncharted, uh, the making of Uncharted's debut trailer, Uncharted 3's debut trailer for the VGAs or whatever, they did a whole behind the scenes leading up to it and afterwards, and it was really, really And awesome. so they originally were like, we just want to do a documentary about Double Fine, and we want to kickstart it. And so then the guys at Double Fine were like, well, how about we double, we, 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 we make it two things. We make it a... A Kickstarter to fund the documentary, which is mm-hmm. partially what all this money is making as well. I see. Is it, and but also we make a game out of it. We well, see if we can fund a game. As so well. originally they wanted four hundred grand, right? Uh, hundred grand was supposed to go towards these guys making the documentary, and then three hundred towards the game. So. Exactly. So the fuck are they going to do with the rest of the money? Well, the, uh, I mean, obviously there. The, he, he said that there are a bunch of things that they wanted to do. Whether it was adding voice, because voice sessions are like two thousand dollars an hour, you know, or it's just mm. you know making. Not if to, they pay us to do it. That's true. We'll do it for free right here. Yeah. Tim, we got a whole setup right here. <laughs> Making it multi-platform. Oh my god, why did you click on the toaster? <laughs> Making it multi-platform is basically what they're going to do at this point now. And, you know, probably yeah. maybe have music that isn't just like... I mean, we all would like 8-bit music, but maybe they'll have scored music. Who knows what they'll do at this point, you know? Mm. It's so, exciting. Yeah. So, like, $300 to make the game. They they projected this is what it's going to cost them to make the game, right? But they already have... 300000 Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Sorry, 300000 Uh They already have, we presume, the equipment that it would require to make a video game. So that's to pay their salaries while they make the game, I, I guess. I imagine, right, the salary, asset stuff, uh, It's to whatever. have dedicated staff to it, because yeah. that's what the staff would be doing. They would not be working on the other games that Double Fine is making, uh, which they definitely yes. are. I mean, they're always making multiple games at once. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and probably also $300,000 to cover prize fulfillment, because they are giving prizes as Kickstarter. Kickstarter yeah, we point also, out, yeah. Kickstarter also takes 10% if I remember right, off of whatever you get. So that's why they promote it so heavily, too, because Kickstarter is like, fuck yeah, we're making yeah. $100,000 $100, off these Not only is guys. this unprecedented for like a, a game developer, and uh, we'll wait for whenever Tina's ready to continue the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Tina doesn't know podcast rules. That's, no that's right. She she you're, right. You're, right. you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Phones the, are the, the rules were not, were not clearly explained to you at the beginning. Um, so. No, I'm sorry. Also, it's okay. So, so not only <clears throat> have to do prize fulfillment, but they also... Uh, have to pay people, obviously, documentary fees, and then there are also probably uh, certain costs associated with putting it on Steam, any sort of advertisements they want to do with it, which is what they'll probably do, I don't know, at this point, maybe. Do you know how much it is to put a game up on, like, Xbox or PlayStation? Well, Xbox, we talked about this during the morning meeting briefly. Xbox, you need a publisher. You can, unless you wanted to go like Indicate or whatever. Whereas PlayStation, you could self-publish. Yeah, and I don't know that it costs yeah. necessarily money to put it onto mm-hmm. Sony as much as like they take get X it, amount. And get, exactly, yeah, and getting it one well, they have it developed. And I think so. on XBLA, it's just it's more like an application. Mm-hmm. Like fee, like there are certain things that has yeah. to do. It has to have two hundred achievement points that builds yeah. into it. You know, things. Yeah. Like we've talked about this before. That's actually it's 
part of the reason why uh, XBLA, I think, is a better service, but then I think it can be frustrating for developers. Yeah, on their I mean, end if, if it was my guess, I would say that when this game comes out in October, which is like their projected release, um, you'll be playing it on iOS, PC, and probably PlayStation. They must like, have had I don't this know. thing laid out before they even put up the Kickstarter. I mean, Ron, right? The, right, Ron Gilbert has been with the company for several months now, and yeah. he hasn't worked on anything, so what has he been working on? Well, probably I laying out he, an adventure game. I assume he's probably been working on stuff. Obviously, but I'm saying laying out... Laying, ball off the wall. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying what has he been working on? He's probably been laying out like the uh, pre-production for an adventure mm-hmm. game. So... Uh, Damien, you were leading up before you were rudely interrupted by Tina's texting. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. this is unprecedented both for games and Kickstarter. And Kickstarter this is the yeah, most money this... Kickstarter, a Kickstarter has ever raised. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, yeah, I'm told. Typically, yes. when I look at Kickstarter, which I do from time to time, like documentaries and stuff, right? They have like a Pitchfork sponsored section. Pitchfork often sponsors uh, documentaries, and most of them are asking Pitchfork, for like, like the 50, music, 000. the music site, uh, the music site Pitchfork. They have like curated like. Certain companies will come in and curate Kickstarters that they think are worthwhile. Hmm. You know, and Kickstarter will do music ones, but they'll also do documentaries about, like, totally non-music-related things. Just things they think are cool. And most of the documentaries, which are usually the most expensive ones, like $50,000. I saw one that was, like, $20,000 for a guy that was trying to make illuminated sunglasses. Yes. But only the people... What does that mean? Okay, so so <laughs> picture these. They're actually pretty pretty cool. It is sunglasses where if you were DJing, people were looking at you. You would have like red glowing, red glowing lenses, but but you would not see any glow. Only mm. the people looking at you see the glow. You see normal mm. out of them. Okay, I like that, Damon. I'm gonna go fund this. Go thing. fund that Kickstarter. <laughs> if I fund it, does that get me a, a free it gets pair? You a pair, and, okay, they, and it's already funded at this point. Oh, it's so okay. what's so weird about this thing is that. Originally, it came up as an afterthought on the Twitter after Tim Shaver's like, nobody will let us make Psychonauts 2. And Notch from Minecraft was like, oh, I'll fund Psychonauts 2 if you want. <laughs> yeah, and he's and got plenty like, of money. Uh, well, we're talking to Notch now, but also something's coming, and then this was what it was. Yeah, I mean, Notch has a ton of money. He's just, their Mojang's moving into a whole new office in Sweden. And Did you ask Tim about, the, about Psychonauts 2? Yeah, and he said... Uh, well, he said that as far as Notch making a game, he said that he talked to him, and, and Notch is definitely serious about it. And so ultimately, if Notch wants to give That's them awesome. money, they will do something interesting with it. Is all it's an interesting time right now. I know. It's really, really cool. Now, Tina, you donated to yes. the uh, Double Fine Adventure, mm-hmm. thereby uh, foregoing any credibility you have as a, a game yeah, media you know professional. That, that kind of pissed me off that that <laughs> happened. It was so, former colleagues of ours, by the way, Anthony. So I told, what I told Tina is, is that... Not to interrupt you, I'm just saying, in principle, I can understand it, right? Because when people hear about it without looking at what you get, it's like you, no, think, but, you oh. think you think you're, oh, so you're directly investing in a game. But it's the like difference with Kickstarter, yes, the difference with Kickstarter is that you're getting goods and services from it. So you are basically just pre-ordering. Like that's all you're doing. Oh, you get the game wait. for free if you don't it? You do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I, I, I haven't thing, actually yeah. looked at the bonuses that's what, for that's this. That's what I'm saying. It's not. It's it, like principally wise. These, it's true. these it's people like, were looking at it thinking like this is just the same as owning stock in two K or something, but it's not. It's uh-huh. not. You're, yeah, you're it's buying like, the game. It's we not have like this discussion. I'm get profit from it. Like exactly. Give me a check exactly. Later. You're like, not an investor. Fuck? You're yeah, we just. Yeah, it's not an investment. It's a, it's a, it's it's commerce. It's just a sale. Exactly. Right? You are just promised good and services. We had this big argument in our morning meeting. Colin Moriarty is like the one person who doesn't like this Kickstarter idea for really? Double Fine. Yeah, I don't know why. But well, because yeah, he's got weird. I don't want to go down this road because I, I he's not here to defend himself. Sure, 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 what sure, sure. That's fine. You're yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, you, you're basically just buying a copy of the game. Which fun, we we buy games. Right? Or if you donate yeah. more, you're getting stuff like shirts. If you donate a really ton of money. Uh, well, I mean, pulling back to Tina doesn't review games. Tina doesn't well, re- generally. Do. What's the last game you, pre- you reviewed? Modern Warfare three. three. You? Re- oh, what I'm talking about for IGN? Fuck one up. I don't care what the hell happens <laughs> over there. <laughs> no, I don't review. I did, yeah. Anyways, I, I just I, I never you know go on Twitter to go on like a political rant or anything like that. I never try to like 
You push should. I'd love to hear your political rant. But like, I don't know. The, I, I I just wanted to support like a company that was going to make a game, you know, for a genre that hardly exists nowadays. You and, you and forty thousand other people. Yeah. So and so I, I I felt like really good about it, and then like other people that Anthony and I used to work with like try to make me feel like shit indirectly by saying like I'm yeah. disappointed in my four, former uh, again, colleagues. Again, it's because uh, it's, I think it's because those people were totally ignorant of what Kickstarter is. Like they didn't understand mm. that. Kickstarter is so. promising a goods and, of but goods and why, services. But then why even say anything or accuse me of something? Because if you don't Twitter understand? is where people do knee-jerk reactions like dummies. Mm. That is I what they so. do. That's but, true. But if you want to be in the industry as a journalist, you should probably know fucking better. <laughs> I mean, I well, think and I, then we go fair. down the rabbit hole of: Are we still journalists? What are we doing? Oh, yeah, to, to be fair, critics. I think I think we all have had oh. stupid knee-jerk reactions. Yeah, exactly. No, and that's the whole thing. And that's why journalists would sit down and get all the facts and gather it and write an objective piece, whereas we are critics and yes, we are critiquing critics. things. Sorry, game critics. No, no, don't be. A, I, I think it's an ongoing discussion. It is an ongoing what we discussion. Are. I, never, I don't think I'm right necessarily. I just I've, think I've never considered myself a journalist, but I know that Colin Campbell, head of our news and features team, does. Yeah. So you know, I've read a couple articles where I felt like oh, I'm a journalist. The last, the last piece of journalism I did was years ago when it, Jeff Haynes and Dunham and Roper were still here, and I called. Uh, uh, graphics company in France and spoke French to them to figure out if they had purposely, Are you serious? yeah, if they you were purposely ma- not well. Like the first thing was like parlez-vous anglais, and then they're like, oh my god, if they were making this. <laughs> well, no, but I had to, in the beginning it was you know the blah 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 because I had to get through the switchboard to get to the guy to get to the thing. Okay, but anyways, wow. to figure oh, out if they were trying if this the, if you remember this mushroom cloud for a PlayStation Three that looked like a clown, mm-hmm. we were all trying to figure out if it was twisted metal. And so I was able to track it back to this French production company. But wow. that was like the last thing I ever did that was like a real news story. Everything else now is like, man, if you were waiting for this game, too bad, it's delayed. <laughs> I got it from the PlayStation blog. I'm going to go play video games now. Talk to you later. Watch nice. my show and start. <laughs> Uh, well, the Double Fine Adventure Kickstarter is open until March 13th. So yeah, it's funny, you know. Just to go back to when I talked How to Timmy straight, he said he said in day one he was like, I was hoping we would raise like two thousand dollars. That's like what he was hoping day really? one. Yeah, Aww. it's it's so. really. I mean, what's so interesting about it is what does this mean for the rest of game developers yeah, I, I and know. stuff like that? Like you figure, we always talk about Double Fine and frame it in the way of like. Everybody loves Psychonauts, and everybody loves Grim Fandango, but like they try to put those games out. We put out Brutal Legend, Brutal Legend doesn't sell, so they start doing all these little downloadable games, but even downloadable games aren't making money, and now you're seeing this avenue of, sure, downloadable games don't, you know, Costume Quest didn't probably break the bank for anybody, but... There, if we if if fans fund the games they want, what what does it matter anymore? If they can sustain right. like by you know doing that, does, yeah. what does that mean? Social networks definitely help with that. Like when Felicia Day, who has over like almost two million followers, is tweeting about your Kickstarter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, completely changes the way that that works. So do, do big publishers like EA and Activision and Ubisoft do they look at this and they think, oh, there is a demand for point and click adventures, or do they just say, well, no, this is just a viable business model for you know this is how they I think can it's a viable you know, business model to sell. This is just what makes sense for that. Game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah a viable business model because honestly, like even if uh, if EA were to fund it, like and it only sold forty thousand copies, it would be considered a failure probably. Like, that's yeah. a good point because uh, so look, we we can see the total amount of money that's been raised, but how many donors are there? Like close to forty thousand. Yeah. Okay, so like that's how many copies they've sold. Right? Exactly, yeah. and exactly. they'll sell some more after it's released, but you know. Not millions more. You know. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, but that's that's really cool, like on demand yeah. gaming, right? Like, I know. Oh, like, I love Tim Schafer games. I love adventure games. Here's my money, and I will, you know, I get the game. That's can cool. you really imagine any other independent developer doing this? Well, no, especially not in the not way, not in the way they've done it. Like other companies, when they do Kickstarter for their game, they're like, "Here's a trailer. It's already being made. 
help mm. me finish this. Yeah. And they're just like, we're going to make a game. You don't know anything about it. I know, right? So. You just know that in the past we've made really awesome point and yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You have to have a dedicated fan base that knows who you are and yeah. knows what's up. Yeah. Yay. Pretty cool. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, there, of course, rumors that the next Xbox may or may not uh, lock out used games. The, the play of used games, right? We're all up to speed with this. I'm aware of this. Uh, the, a developer for... Saints Row the Third thinks this is a fantastic idea. Uh-huh. He really likes this idea, actually. And he his arguments um, I thought were actually pretty smart. Okay, um, mommy. Yeah, so for the first time, I could totally see his point and see how maybe that could possibly work and not be the end of the world as we know it. Uh, <laughs> so basically, so you you buy you buy a new copy of a game, and uh, there's a code in there that you have to enter. To, it, it it basically attaches it to that console, so anyone else in uh. your in your family can play it on that console. Mm. And then if you want to lend it. Uh, this this guy's name is uh what's this guy's name? J- Saint Jameson Dural. Oh. Dural. Uh, he says lending could Microsoft could implement something similar to what Amazon is doing with their Kindle books lending policy. Is anybody familiar with this and how that works? When it's lent out, you can't look at it, and then when you get it back, you can. Interesting. That kind of makes I'm sense. I'm asking if that's what it is. Oh. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were telling us. You were telling us that's how this it is something PC games do all the time, right? Like when DC Universe came out, you got if you bought it on a PC, you could give your disc and the friend code to somebody, and the friend I forget how long they got to got, try like, it out. Fourteen days or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Like, that. Hmm. like it's just this is something PC gaming's been okay. doing for a while. Not not okay. just this, but I mean, used games in general has been doing mm-hmm. for a while, and now it's just like console gamers are flipping their wigs because they don't understand what it means. We also have a good explanation for how renting games could work. He says, I could see Microsoft implementing their own rental service, which would maybe give them a code that activates the game for X amount of days, and then they're charged a small amount. This could work when you borrow the disc from someone, or even with digital downloads of the full version. Mm-hmm. We would also send a percentage of the rental to the developer with each rental, improving the overall revenue we would receive from it. Yeah, so that kind I mean, of, that starts to make a sense, lot, right? A lot mm-hmm. like uh, movie rentals already work on Xbox Live. Yeah. You know, Does that mean they're going to send us a shit ton of games now because we can't share? What do you mean? I'm just kidding. Mm. You know, when publishers send you copies of the game to play. Yeah. No, you'll still get the two. We'll still scrounge for two copies. <laughs> and we'll, 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 sorry, hand, we'll hand consoles over to other people. <laughs> yeah. Can I take your Xbox, your, ex, your next box home tonight? He yeah. ends with something I don't know that I, don't know I agree with. He says, we have to do something about these issues. He's meaning, uh, you know, use games. Yeah. Or our industry is going to fall apart. That, I don't, like, rent, renting games has been around as long as games have been. So, like, what, or, or use games have, you know? Yeah. For 30 I'm, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only now, now, well, now it's a, it's a matter of dire importance. Well, the, the industry's going to fall apart. Well, budget for games keep going up. Okay, like it, it costs more and more to make a game. So if they, if even if the revenue, so if the revenue stream isn't changing to accommodate for the fact of how much ga- it costs to make a game, yeah. then game prices start to go up, which drive away consumers on some level. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we're like what we've been talking about forever. I mean, this things. I feel like everyone. I've had an argument with everybody about this. Is this that you get to the point where, games? yeah, where you get to where it's Activision and EA can make whatever the fuck they want, and then the little guy can make the you know independent game like Papo and Yo and get it up on the PlayStation Network, and then there's no middle ground anymore for people to do stuff mm-hmm. unless they have a Kickstarter. And mm. approve it in Tim Schafer, <laughs> or unless they're on the PC. Like yeah. the PC is like the only place. See, yeah. iPhone games, iPhone games, and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 the stuff where you can just make it. You buy the one hundred dollar Apple program and then make whatever you want. Uh, can we just go digital already, just across the board? Completely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do you think I don't? I don't think we're ways off from that. But yeah. I know. I know that a lot I'm of those. Saying, feel, I just don't want media. On and my I just feel like anymore. it would solve. Totally. It would solve all these problems. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. yeah for us, so, but like, not everybody. Yeah. That's the, you know how many times do we get emails from kids saying like you know you guys always say this, but I live here and I don't have broadband and yada yada yada. 
It seems yeah. like that happens a lot. How many people? Does that seem weird? To I, not no, have, for us, it's not. How many people out there? I'm so grumpy that I, I have all these stupid Vita cards. I'm like, fuck this. Can they all go to the store already? I want to uh, buy them. Problem to have. I know, them. right? I know. Oh, stupid God, cartridges. Fucking games God, I'm carrying all this shit with me. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready for all digital. I, I've been no, ready for I'm a ready, long, long time. I am curious to know, though, like how... how Negative of an effect does like a company like a GameStop have on developers? Yeah. Like, would there be as many mean? layoffs? Because In of these because, because of selling these yeah. games. Mm, I'm sure that it's there's. It's so sleazy, too, because they're like new, $60, used, $48. Yeah, but no, it's more like $55. $55. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But not $5 off that price. I'm sure yeah. that there are some developers where, like, they were so close to making back the bottom line that it used game sales hurt and them. And they yeah. had to lay off, but, like, 10 people. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I don't know that it, it happens all that often. Yeah. I don't know. I was talking to David Jaffe about this last week, and his, his response pretty much was like, yeah, it sucks, but whatever, it's all going to end soon. Like, he's more on the Damon camp of, like, whatever. Yeah, Eventually, David Jackson's in the Damon camp. <laughs> That's what he said, too. I'm representing Damon! <laughs> I saw him in a Twisted Metal commercial on YouTube. Uh, for Shoot seen... My Truck? Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good on camera. Oh, he's great on camera. Yeah, he's awesome. You can see him on camera on the <clears throat> Up and New with Greg Miller show. Yeah, episode two. It's on YouTube now. Yeah, well, go watch it now. <laughs> YouTube.com. Not right now. Wait, finish listening to right, the yeah. show first. Then watch the next game, boss. <laughs> then you can go buy your business after you watch those two shows. Last week, uh, we were talking about tr- uh, true crime Hong, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah. And we, you were mentioning how you got an invite. I got an invite, but it didn't say True Crime Hong Kong. It didn't, it didn't name, say what it was. It, it didn't name the Hong game, Kong but I knew it's, it, had, yeah, it, had, it had United Front Games on there, so I knew it was up. Mm-hmm. So and then is, what did we find out? This is the one that Square sent out, yeah. like yep. ticket passes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay. Well, but yeah, Square has announced a game called Sleeping Dogs. Uh huh. Well, I'm excited. Which Damon takes place in Hong it. Kong. Wait and... a second. <laughs> Who makes it? Uh, whatever developer you said. Yeah, front games. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. That's the same game. Yeah. It so... just got such terrible previews and such a bad taste when it got canceled. They thought they could change the name to something really obscure that no one would care about, and no one would know. But we cracked the code. Or, guys. Are they trying to be coy about it? Or? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think they were pretty upfront about yeah, it. This is what True Crime Hong Kong used to be. Yeah. Now it's a game called uh, Sleeping Dogs. It's an open world, co- open world cop drama. Yeah. All right. Let's see what this one's all about. <laughs> supposed, to come- <laughs> <laughs> supposed to come out uh, in the second half of this year. PS3, 360, and PC. All right. Hmm. I predict it gets delayed. <laughs> I, can, I can already tell you uh, what the strap line of that review is going to be when it, when it gets a 5-5 five five from my should have, should have Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. Yeah, That's what it's going to be. Yeah, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> so when is this event? When are you going to see this game? Well, I hope I'm not seeing it, but on the okay. 15th of this month, I think. <laughs> no, so, just, I think so just next that's week. That's like next yeah. week, right? I'll There's fall on I gave, I gave it to Casey to see if he could sign up. Okay. We'll see. Huh. And I, do like, I, I should check it out. I, I, I like I like Modern Nation Racers from United Front, so maybe this is more like Modern Nation Racers. Did you guys not Racers. like Stranglehold? Didn't that take place in Hong Kong? Well, yeah. no, it's not, well, it's not, a, it's not the setting we're against. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Another Hong Kong game. Stranglehold was okay when it came out. It had some moments of fun. Can you think of a, a game set in Asia, st- starring an Asian protagonist that has uh, performed well in, in North America? Asia with Asian. Uh, only Musha. Uh, uh, not didn't do that bad. No, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking. There's not very many. No, yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. setting. Jade Empire. That might be a hard sell for Jade some Empire. people. Jade Empire. 
9.9 IGN. You're saying Americans don't like Asians. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just I don't know that Americans, uh, I mean... I, I mean it's I, pretty clear I, Americans like white males with yeah. shaved heads. If you look at what <laughs> most protagonists look like, they're, they're, you know, they're white dudes, you know. I don't know. Just, just an observation. Resident Evil Revelations came out this week <laughs> on uh, 3DS. I want it. Complete with misspelled... Uh, Title on the title on the spine. Revelate, revelatons, revelatons. Capcom just doesn't care at their office. I know, right? Capcom uh, will be correcting that. First of all, the next shipment of the game will feature the correct spelling. So buy the one now and don't open it. (laughs) Collectors. And then fans who buy this version can request a replacement insert from Capcom. Cool. There's a phone number you can call: six five zero three five zero six seven zero zero. That's the Capcom customer service line. Just put up as a PDF I can print. I like that it's not even a 1-800 number. It's San Mateo. That's just where they are. (laughs) Some poor person is sitting there with the phone. The receptionist. I know. Is it someone's full-time job to take these calls? Probably. All right, all right. Another game that came out this week is uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, developed by one man development team, Ryan Geddes. Uh, we actually have a, a, a Steam code to give out here for a full copy of the game here. Uh, the Steam code is YDGNV. QBKNZRQLRD. I'm I'm looking forward to playing. You should that have game. left the last letter off. Yeah, uh, you know, fun with your keyboard. Sometimes we do we, we do fun stuff like that. But I want I'm curious torture. to see how that game sells after a month. Like I know a lot of people were curious to read about stuff. I'm just curious mm-hmm. how it actually does. It's mm-hmm. it's reviewing all over the map. Colin loved it. Yeah, and a lot of other know, places loved it. A lot of places hated it. It's kind of like most EA Partners games have not done well. That's mm-hmm. fine. What else has been an EA Partners game? Uh, uh, Bulletstorm? Bulletstorm uh, is an EA Partners game. I thought game. they did do well, though. It did okay. Mm-hmm. That, who knows how much things sell anymore, because at this point, since MPD's basically out, we basically yeah. just rely on a publisher telling us that their game did really awesome. Yeah. So when a game doesn't do so awesome, we just... Uh. I don't even think EA came out and said that, though. Bulletstorm did awesome. Yeah. I, I, I seem to remember it doing well, but mm-hmm. that's just come off something. Um, yeah. yeah, Reckoning. I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, there's a lot of uh, interest in fantasy role-playing games coming out of Skyrim, but I don't think it will sell nearly as well as Skyrim. I, there's, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of advertising for it. I mean, mm. that I've seen. Like, yeah. I don't know, outside of like the ad occasionally on our side or whatever. It's a, it's a very pretty game. Yeah, I'll I, give I mean, combat is top-notch. Mm. Like, but I like the, I like just playing it. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to just sit down and play it and level up my archery and do all this other crap. And it's so much fun. Mm. Hundred hours. <laughs> No time Speed for room. that with the Star Wars. I am also Star enjoying uh, Darkness 2. Yeah. Which also came out this week. Yeah. Also a very good You're game. You reviewed and given 8.0, I believe. 8.0 flat. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a very long game, but I've just been taking my time with it. And, uh, the combat is just really fun. It's like one of the most empowering games I've ever yeah. played. It is fun. You feel like a monster. I wish there were more executions. Because there's only like... There's three per type of execution, and it comes out to a total of 12. But you have to unlock a lot of them, or you, buy a lot. You of them, unlock right? types, and then and then what they don't ever really tell you is that depending on where you're looking at on a guy, generally when you tap to grab him, you'll do different execution because it, it matters whether you grab him by his foot, his torso, or like mm-hmm. the top of him. Yeah. So anyway, I, I am enjoying that game. That Monster. one's fun. Monster. <laughs> Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. This is Victor. 
Victor, I love you. Burritos! He's a student <laughs> of psychology in Sweden. Burrito psychology. Oh, Sweden. Says on a few podcasts ago, you talked about gamers since of entitlement. Yeah. Uh, in concern to Sony, <laughs> Microsoft, and other companies. All the used game stuff. I wanted to point out a fact that we recently discussed in class, and that I hope you will find interesting. During the early teenage years, we first start to develop our own identities. Since this is a whole new way of thinking about ourselves, and because we have no previous information about who we are, we often look towards other strong identities, i.e. brands. It can be a hockey team, a media icon, or very likely a games manufacturer that perhaps is already a big part of your free time. That brand then more or less becomes yourself and your whole identity. When the company behind the brand makes decisions you don't agree with, you need to justify the decision to be able to keep a healthy self-esteem, and an attack on the brand is an attack on yourself. This is healthy behavior and is eventually outgrown, but we continue to have a tendency to identify with strong brands and groups but also our relationships, memories, beliefs, and so forth. So when you think about it, being a fanboy is part of growing up and becoming an adult. We need to latch on to something other than our parents to be able to establish ourselves. Not an excuse, but perhaps an explanation as to why younger gamers so eagerly lash out at you when you suggest changes that they don't like or give a game a negative score. They probably don't also get any, like, uh, punishment for whatever <clears throat> they say either, so... What are you saying? Like, if... if, so, if... <laughs> I just want, I'm, I'm, no, I just want no, clarification. Like if, if what the me, fuck are you saying? What are you trying you're so to say? Mean to me. I'm not being mean at all. Greg is the one who's not, interrupting us. I was, I was, I was no, wanting I was you to explain yourself. I was dramatizing game changes, statements. Like the used games thing. They can go on, like IGN, for example, and be like, I hate you, blah, 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 and cuss up a storm because no one's going to, like, Yeah, I'm skipped so 69, and fuck you and yeah. your dumb review. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. That seems like I, a separate issue, though. I don't know why you identify with a company, though. What happened to, like, identifying with, like... Well, okay, a it president. Could be. So when I was uh, uh, someone good, when I was life. a teenager, I was identifying with bands. You know, like exactly, I was like exactly, Metallica exactly. And, and Faith No More, and you know, but like, I think that's the same sort of thing. They get me. Yeah, but you also <laughs> identify with like four dudes that are rocking music and doing something that touches you. This is like uh, I identify with Howard Stringer at, at Sony. No, that's not <laughs> no, insane. that's not what they're thinking. But they're thinking the PlayStation brand. Yeah, you know, that's a really powerful brand to Xbox, a lot of people. Xbox, Halo, yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that. Ugh. DC Comics, right? Like, I hate Marvel. I never grew out of that. <laughs> Chose DC and I stuck with it. Sega burned me. I love Sega. I, th- I think this is pretty insightful from Victor here. Um, Thanks, Victor. It sounds good. Get back um, to the burrito kitchen. Though. I will point out, though, that part of becoming an adult is is sort of moving past that uh, identifi- identification with brands and, and figuring out who you really are, you know, on your own, as, as, aside of any associ- association yeah. with companies and, and products, that sort of thing. Good, good, good one. Good show. This is Alexander. I was wondering what you guys think of localized release dates. As a gamer living in Europe, it is a source of mm. constant frustration for me when my friend who pirates every game gets to play them three or four days ahead of me, mm. and I'm paying full price for these titles. Okay, right, first of all, really, three or four days, is that really a big deal? Like, he plays them three, a few days before you? <laughs> to mm. me, I think it's more like... Uh, you know, the people just now getting Catherine six yeah. months later. Like, that's yeah, something. That's a different thing. Yeah, but like three, four days. Eh. Mm-hmm. He goes on, uh, this, is, this is more pronounced with Japanese titles, where Western gamers often have to wait weeks and months to play the games. But here there is, there is the excuse of localization. When a game comes from the U.S. to Europe, there is no need for translation, new voice actors, or anything of the sort. I don't know that that's true. Do, so... There's a lot of words that are spelled differently, like in 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 England, for once. Do they not translate? Do they not add all those U's into all those words or, for the uh, for the UK release? Or there are probably certain phrases we say that they just don't right. say yeah. that don't make any mm-hmm. sense. So there might be some light localization required. Yeah, 
which could be the cause for the three to four day <laughs> delay. Oh my god, I need another word for cocked up. This is Christopher Peterson. A game company, when Square Enix has released an unfinished game and is now asking fans to pay additional money for the completed product. I think he means Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah. yeah. As a consumer, I've always enjoyed the extra missions, add-ons, and perks of downloadable content packs. But to have a game release that ends in to be continued and have that continue come as DLC purchases seems unreasonable and disrespectful. Does the GameScoop crew agree with my premise or want to talk me off the ledge? Definitely not worth wow. killing yourself over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can. I would be annoyed by it if Uncharted came out and it didn't end. I'd be annoyed by it. I mean, Final Fantasy, right? Like, yeah, that's whatever. Yeah, that would but, never happen with yeah. an Uncharted game. I mean, you figure Prince of Persia did the same thing. Remember, Prince of Persia in the 2008 Prince of Persia, it ended with the credits rolling and you walking, and then they put out a DLC that was like a, a conclusive ending to what happened, hmm. which sucked. That was stupid. I, I played Prince of Persia and I never bought the DLC. I was like, I'm not gonna buy this. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, the reason that they'll do it though. Is because this person, for all the ledges are going to be on, is that when that DLC comes out, he's going to buy it. And then they're going to release another Final Fantasy, and he's going to buy it. So, you know, vote with your dollars. And Final Fantasy people don't do that. Mm-hmm. They just buy everything. Square wins. They always win. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, who knows what the it's, hell uh, Square Enix is doing with Final Fantasy these days. <laughs> like, any- I'm really excited for Final Fantasy XIII-Versus. <laughs> dash two dash underscore two square root. Uh, Jorge from <laughs> Lima, Peru. Good name. Yeah. Good, good, good country too. Talking about this piracy, piracy issue again. What do you guys feel about pirating the game, liking it, and then buying it? Notch supports that, right? Yeah, Anthony? that's what he. That's what he, he said for that one Minecraft. Guy. Yeah, Notch mm-hmm. does. The guys from Super Meat Boy have said that they don't mind that. I mean, let's be honest. Like I've done that with music. I've like downloaded mm-hmm, an album sure. and like I like this and now I'm gonna go give them money or buy a shirt or mm-hmm. something to like support them. Yeah, I guess the only issue is that well, so what? So say you pirate a game and then but you don't like it and then you don't buy it. You know, were were you? That's sort of the sense of where the sense of entitlement comes in. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like did you deserve to play it in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it works like a demo, I guess. But I would say that it's it's not a good solution, but. At least you're willing to spend money, and you're not just pirating everything, mm-hmm. which is kind of shitty. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't play it and go, oh, I like this, I'll go buy it. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. most people. Most people that pirate just pirate and never spend a dime. Yar. <laughs> That's what they say, too. Yar, you'll never get my booty. Uh, this is Ryan. My wife surprised me the other week with a birthday-slash-anniversary-slash-Christmas mm. present. I know, I don't think it's going to be as sexy as you think it oh. is. A present of a Vita pre-order! Yay! <laughs> I started thinking about what games I wanted to get at launch. I knew that my first had to be Mod Nation Racers Road Trip. Is that true, Greg? Imagine the disappointment. <laughs> Greg is, Imagine uh, the disappointment he's going to have when he looks back reviews, on that. All, the, main, <laughs> the main batch of reviews goes live uh, this Monday, uh, the 13th of Let's, February. Check it out at 6 a.m. Maybe and then wait. throughout the week they go, and you will quickly learn which games you are the must-buys. Let's hope the uh, failure of that system doesn't become an analogy for his marriage when he looks back Jeez, on it in like six please. years. Wow. So you're, you're, you're ready to, you, you know it's going to be a failure. I, I hope not, but I can't imagine. And then how do you how do you? Uh, I'm still gonna buy define one. Define failure. Uh, not making money. Mm. So is this gonna be a Craig Harris PSP? Oh, the six, six year tailspin. <laughs> no, no, no. The PSP definitely I don't think was unsuccessful. Okay. They made money on it. All right. It's just it's just if you wanted to do apples to apples with 3ds, it, it looks that's like not gonna failure. happen. That's not gonna but happen. But it's not. No, well, it's, it's, dumb, it's dumb to do that. But I just I don't know. I'm worried that it will not make money. I think it'll make money. I think it's gonna make money. 
Eventually. Not right away. Just like every Sony system that's ever come I out. hope so, because Sony stock ain't doing so hot. Mm-hmm. Delisted. But you oh, are... Wait, no, decredited. Right yeah. <laughs> Not quite delisted. Sorry, I'm thinking about THQ. THQ. <laughs> uh, you, but you are going to get one. I'm going to buy one. Not at lunch. Uh, I still might. Yeah? I can't make up my mind. I've been hemming and hawing over for like a week now. 3G or Wi-Fi? I'll probably get a 3G one just because it comes with the memory card and all that. You and make I have, money back And there. I have a $50 Best Buy gift card that I can apply towards it. Mm, look at so. that. But then it comes down to what game I'm going to get with it. I really don't know. I, 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 I've want, I Uncharted, maybe, but I think that's a game I'm going to play once and never put and just put down. I want something that I can come back to time and time again. Yeah, I, want, I actually really want to play Hot Shots. It's, oh, been, nice. it's been years and years since I I've played a Hot maybe, Shots game. Yeah, and I was like, games. oh, yeah. I'm I was really thinking maybe Luminous. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is yeah. nice, too. So. I kind of... Pretty good at Luminous. I kind of want to play some of these Vita games. Yeah. Super Stardust. Yeah. yeah. Is that, Colin that, is obsessed. Is that, that's just downloadable only. That's Correct. not coming to retail. Ten bucks. Yeah. Downloadable only. Yeah. So I want to play that in Hot Shots and Luminous. Disguise 3 is coming. I'll play that again. All right, you're buying one at launch, too. Come on. I'm not going to buy one. Let's walk out at launch to buy one. Are you going to get one, Tina? Mm-hmm. At launch? Uh, yeah, I'm still debating that. I was talking to Colin about it the other day. And yeah. you, Greg, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If there's a game that, yeah, that'll sell you on it, go ahead. But if not, yeah. Like, if you're just going to hold oh, out no, for yeah, Modern Warfare or whatever, or Call of Duty. Shut up. <laughs> I didn't mean that as an insult at all. No, I just meant if that's, like, like the first I, game where you're, like... resistance. Oh, okay. that, too. Call of Duty actually really appeals to me on the... On a PSP, if I can actually play it remotely and on the go and oh. stuff like that, and actually play multiplayer games like that with twin sticks on a handheld, yeah. that's that yeah, is appealing to me. Yeah, was awesome. So. I know you didn't like it as much as Colin. Uh, yeah, I'm not did. a giant first-person shooter fan, and yeah. I think it, it looked a little barren for what it was doing, but it, it did feel like a first-person shooter. So that definitely is like I'm excited to see what the Call of Duty people do with Call of Duty. Yeah. No, I want Luminous, and then I also appreciate the fact that I can download Fat Princess on there too. Yeah, and, you like that and, one? And, and of, course, of, course, of course you do. And you like any sort of multiplayer adversarial games. game. Yes. You like so all the games that I don't like. I like killing people. Um, anyway, Ryan's question is, which version of a Vita game gets the developers a bigger cut, the physical copy or the digital version? I would assume the digital, oh, yeah. since there would be seem to be less cost involved. Do you know, or does it matter? I don't know. And I, well, So I think he's thinking about it the wrong way. It's not like developers get a cut of each sale. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there might be some. Someone might have an agreement like that, but I bet the majority of it is yeah, exactly. not like that yeah. at all. And wh- what you're looking at, Todd here, Howard might might work out a deal with Bethesda. Exactly. But exactly. In general, what you're looking at is long term success, right? Like if you put out, you, the Sony Ben's putting out Uncharted. They have a contract to get paid for what Uncharted for for the game. Mm-hmm. They get that money. They get the money from Sony, and then Sony goes and makes the money off the game they just bought. But what happens here is that Sony factors in how many copies Uncharted sells. So if Uncharted sells a million copies or whatever, or two million, what do you know? I mean, they come back to Sony Ben and give them more projects and make mm-hmm. them more money. Yeah. It's when you don't support it, when you take a used game, you don't buy a game, whatever your reasoning for it is, that's when Sony looks at it and goes, oh, this game didn't sell that well. I'm not, we're not going to give them another game. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't prove themselves in this title or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's the price difference between a, a dig, or digital copy and, like, It's all ranging right now. It's, like, it's, like, I think I... It's, like, five bucks Yeah, like, ten percent, right? something small. like that. Yeah, yeah, as far as buying it digitally over... So retailers that, yeah. probably wouldn't like that at all. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing, right? GameStop yes. is still GameStop, and they need to play ball with them, in a way. And so that's what you're getting around right now. So get whichever version... You prefer, yeah, I mean, Ryan. if you're how big of a memory card do you want to get? That's the big thing. Like, I do not want to carry cartridges around, like I said. So, like, I'm I already bought a 16 gigabyte car, card. I'm probably gonna buy a 32 gigabyte card as well. See, I, can I trade those? I might try to trade that in. There you go. <laughs> Take my used memory card. I don't want it anymore. So I love the PSP I don't Go for support that, that. But no games on that thing. Well, there's PSP games. Ah, oh, the PSP Go. 
You just have to Greg, buy the PSP games you already have. You ordered that the last time we were in Japan. Did I order one? Like from, we our, from our hotel room. You like Aww. got on Amazon and That's ordered your, your PSP Go. I'm so cute. Yeah. My memories. I know, right? This is Evan Johnson. He wants to know, do you ever feel bad for developers? Yes. I've been reading reviews for Never Dead. Yes. For Never Dead, I feel bad for Rebellion. I'm sure these people are smart based on their previous projects like Sniper, World of War, Star Wars Battlefront, but this one didn't seem to work out for them. You guys speak to developers a good bit. How do you reconcile doing your job with maintaining friendships and business relations? People understand that it is uh, a business relationship. They understand if you become friends with a developer, which I have in the past, or like somebody who's worked on working on games or whatever. Not mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not calling Todd Howard. We're not going jet skiing. I like how we're mentioning Todd Howard. I would thing. go jet skiing I, with Todd I, Howard. I would do anything with Todd Howard. You know what's awesome about Todd Howard is that he loves Battlefield. Sorry, keep going. That's fine. No, but I mean they understand what the job is. Like no, nobody. If you the whole thing about a review, right? Whether a fan likes it or not, is. Are your arguments based in reality? Like, if you say this game sucks, here's X, Y, and Z, why it sucks. If you make your point, they're not going to argue. They can say, I don't agree with you. Like, I, I, I don't have those problems with the game. I don't think that. When you get into like, so as long as you're giving a fair and honest review and an accurate review, they can't argue that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they can say that I don't agree with you on these, like, what, you're, what you took away from the story or why you didn't like the controls, but I see where you're coming from is usually what you get. Mm-hmm. And now, it, it's when you totally, like... This didn't have this, and they're like, it did have this. It totally has that option. Why didn't you see it buried in this menu? But I mean, like, that's when it gets down to the fact of, like, apples to oranges kind of an argument. That being yeah. said, people do have to be careful to maintain professional distance, which everyone in this room knows. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like there, there's been times in my life even that I've been, like, really good with a certain PR person that I've been like, ah, oh, they're going to be really sad about this. And I'm like, I know I shouldn't even care about that, but, you know. Well, that's usually the sign, like, beings. you take yourself off the project, right? Like, yeah. if you are working on something with them and stuff, and or you, you feel like... You know that something along the lines would like if if you're having that conversation usually if and, and if if I'm have if I'm having that conversation in my head it's usually when I'm like well from my ex- I should pass this on to from my else. experience when I tell them like if a game's good or not they usually agree they're like yeah yeah exactly and that's the other thing yeah that's the you, like, you'll like meet, the developer knows yeah a lot of know? times the developer they're knows like, yeah, that they're I'm sorry the... and usually it's when they're working for bigger publishers yeah you yeah. know and they kind of know that you know what what they're making going that's... back to the question right that's when I feel bad for developers like yeah. when they put out a bad game or when they're demoing a bad game they know it's bad they haven't drank Kool-Aid to like brainwash them yeah. but they can't you know they've invested three years two years of their life whatever they can't sit there and shelf that project now and say like well we're just going to take the $600,000 loss on whatever it was. You know I mean? They are a developer making a product for a publisher. Mm-hmm. And so even if now it's off the rails and it's bad, they still have to put it out. That being said, Rebellion, uh, you know, you were like naming off games that you thought were good by them. Let's not forget they made Rogue Warrior. Just want to put that little <laughs> thing awesome back in game. mind. <laughs> Rogue Warrior, whatever you want. That's a great bad game. That's a great B-movie. Mm. Suck on my balls. Joe Gunnam and die. Remember that. Everyone uh, right now, go YouTube the Rogue Warrior end credit song. Yeah, please do. Who was the actor? Uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, our last email comes from Timothy Johns. He wants to know cats versus dogs. I've met this guy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cats Continue. versus dogs. Discuss. Okay. He says. When have you met him? I met him at an anime convention in San Jose. Timothy mm-hmm. Johns. I just think remember he listened to Game Scoop and he talked about it. Look at that! It all came back. So, mm. well, in the Greg Miller journey of life. It began with cats, and the dogs sucked. You had a cat named Gizmo? I had many cats. I had okay. a cat named Gizmo, Cuddles, and Tigger. Cuddles. Wow. I, like, I, like, I like cats simply because they're lower maintenance. Now, he, But... Okay. Let Greg finish his story. He, he was going somewhere with this. 
And then, I, and then I got older and I got Portillo. So I got to see, I've seen how both halves live. And now I live with a cat again with Portillo as well. And I would say, hands down, I'm, I'm a dog person now. Really? Just, and not, not because of anything goofy, but like the litter box just grosses me out so much. Well, okay, so to be fair though, this isn't your cat. Correct. Number one. So I don't clean the litter box. Yeah. But I have to smell the litter box. And yeah. I see, nah. and like the, the, like the litter gets, and I remember when I had cats and the litter would get like, you know, it tracks out a little bit. Like yeah. there'll be little rocks that and stuff. That and like, Instead, that grosses you, me out. There's also like better types of litter you can get. Totally. Yeah, instead, yeah. Don't you get me wrong. Have, instead you have Portillo who just likes to pee on the floor when anyone says hi to him before he pees. Now you see, that's funny that you say that. He doesn't like to pee on the floor. <laughs> it's a medical condition. He's not oh, doing it because he enjoys so it. Such a fucking yeah. jerk to him. Bully. And anyways, no, and as long as you ignore Portillo, you're fine. He doesn't mean the floor. But no. Anthony, you were saying cats vomit too. Uh, no, so cats are lower maintenance, which yeah. is one of the reasons I like them. But the, but cats never greet you like a dog does. That's not and make, true. You make you feel like many bucks. Okay, they very My, rarely. J- Jackie do. Brown does. Okay, well I most think your cats, cats kind of mean. Most cats do not. And but uh, I do like the cats have a lot of personality. But one thing I'll say is I was reading, reading an article last night, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone should go research, do some research about this. But there is there is protozoan <laughs> There are protozoan life forms found in cat feces. That they believe get into people's brains and alter, and their research is starting to come out that they believe it alters people's behavior. In so, what way? In a negative well, like way, right? in, in the sense that they know in mice, it makes mice, uh, it takes over parts of the mice's brain and makes them run towards the cat so they get killed and eaten because that's where it breeds in the gut. And and their theory is now that the same protozoan in humans, because we share enough DNA with mice, makes us do dumb things like stand, like almost get hit by cars and stuff and just be reckless. What? So what? Just putting that out there. Next time the next time I'm okay. next time I'm in a meeting and I'm just like, what fuck all you guys it's cat, just cause you're cat, cat protozoans, of course. Hmm. So Does that help explain like cat ladies? Yeah. Maybe. So Damon your cats up through and through. Well, no, no. So I love both cats and dogs. But from where I am in my life right now, like like mm-hmm. Anthony says, cats are so much less maintenance. Totally, yeah. that is that's a that's a, a major point. Yeah, that they're like Portillo does totally restrict me. Like I have to go home and I have to or yeah. I have to at, lean on somebody or whatever. Blah, 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 if true. we want to go get drinks after work, Jackie Brown will be fine until yeah, yeah. whenever I get home. You know? Yeah. That being said, I can never leave the house with my cat. Yeah, that's we true. Ne- too. We can never just when we hit went the to town. when we went to uh, the park that we could. Yeah, I would, lovely uh, picnic. Would have been nice if I could bring Jackie Brown, but you can't do that. I don't know. There's <laughs> some people that walk cats in San Francisco. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. But My San Francisco has that a lot of weirdos. <laughs> yeah. So I like both cats and dogs. When I have like a family and a house someday, I'll totally have dogs too, for sure. Wiener dogs, maybe. Yeah, I'll oh. come over. <laughs> <laughs> I know okay. Tina wants a dog. Really I want bad. a dog really bad. I've I've had dogs my entire life with my parents. I always had big dogs. Uh, in in high school and college, I had a golden retriever. Also, but just by default, Tina, you you will be a dog person and not a cat person because your husband does not. Oh, he's, yeah, he's allergic. allergic to cats, mm. so and he eats. Them. I do love the the big fat orange cats with like green eyes. Yeah, I don't know why they're so funny. And Jackie Brown does come to greet me when I come home. Yeah, mine does too, but only in the sense that like feed me or else I'll hurt you. So. <laughs> I went to the SPCA the other day with Scott Lowe, uh, our tech editor here. To get his cat? To get his cat. And when I was looking at the cats, I saw a huge one with, like, nubby legs only because he was so fat. And he just kind of, like, laid on the side and just stared at people. He did not even move when the door opened, so they kind of had to... Push him? Yeah, yeah, like push him with, you know, their toe. Just, to, like, shove him out of the way and he just kind of laid there. Animals are funny. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. They're great. All right. Well, I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Tina, for joining us. Yeah. You're going to come back, or do you hate this podcast? No, I will. I didn't know the rules. And to no, be okay. fair, my mom was telling me doesn't how matter. to sit my doesn't, doesn't matter. It could be Jesus texting you that the rapture is upon us. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, my God. The mass text from Jesus. That would be awesome. I hope that's how he comes back. <laughs> What's up? 
bro's back. <laughs> Rapture and shit. And thank you, Anthony. I'd be good to one another. <laughs> That's good. my catchphrase That's now. Oh, That's right. your catchphrase? Yeah, I'd be good to one another. But you say it at the end of the show, not at the beginning? Uh, whenever. Okay. Just <laughs> the middle of the show, you're going to blur it out. Well, I got the protozoans in me. I don't know when I'm going to say it. Our closing song this week is for you fans of the movie Drive, or at least its soundtrack. This is The Hood Internet with a mashup called Night Chain. My name is Damon, this is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. Roll up and kick my feet up. This shit was for a ticket, man. I call this shit that freelance. I tell her I'll speed up. She slow and she can keep up. We know we always out, but somehow they would never see us. Pizza, go, change, hoes changed. I didn't. They say carrots up no vision, but somehow it made them. Listen, no, this ain't silver. This is my dilemma. Arrogant when I finish. I came from humble beginnings. So it's nothing to finish. You put my hundred percent in. Put my pride in the picker and modify your opinion. Try to give him light in a message, but you rather have some fucking DBSs. She say I'm charming and I meant it, but she was talking about my pendant. I got a Geechee on her, came back with 30 chains. Now she is 10 of them, I bet she listening to everything. Straight Geechee on her, came back with 80 chains. Now the silly bitch is calling me like every day. Say the bras don't follow. Nobody see you when you be a humble. Look, she's so stingy with vagina. But why it open when a nigga get the shiny? I was hoping you would notice when my mind had put money in the book. I bet these bitches wouldn't find it. Look, okay, this chain music. If I got them lame to do it, you change to it. Your brain has been way too fluent. I've been dope. Cold nigga, show nigga. But where I'm from, it ain't no love for no broke nigga. She need that easy shit. Amen to church sis. Pray to whoever got on the biggest of crucifix. Lord, Lord, forgive us. Personalities clash and my license is suspended. So I had it while I'm spending. Did I get y'all attention? She can't escape the chain. Shout out to Mrs. Tubbin. Shout out to me that music. My logic is getting money. Spitting something real. Or let the people know it's still. I'm a chain flow. Johnny Cage chain flow. Dirty dang. Bam baller. Six bottles. Talk with such expensive slang. I got a Gizzy on her. Now they know this nigga. So who that chain change? It ain't both of us, nigga. I got a Gizzy on her. Came back on her chains. And now these Gizzy motherfuckers on the Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, 
coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.